just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. I was a little out of pocket for a couple of days. My wife and I headed down to Las Vegas. We left on Monday morning, came back Tuesday night. Short trip, not so much to gamble or sightsee or anything like that. We were just trying to get away, and we saw some friends of ours that live down in the suburbs of Vegas. I'm not a huge Vegas fan. I like going there from time to time, but I'm not really a big gambler. And uh, last few times we've been there, we never even went to the Strip. A couple of times we went downtown, but mostly we've stayed out in the suburbs. Like I say, it was a nice getaway. But when you go to Vegas, you meet some interesting people. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. So we are back on track (laughs) and on schedule again. So I appreciate your patience. Just today, the GOP, the Republicans in the Senate, blocked uh, the voting rights bill that people have been trying to pass, the Democrats primarily. And uh, they didn't vote against the bill per se. They voted against even debating on the bill, just bringing it to the Senate and talking about the ups and downs and the good and the bad from that bill. They didn't even want to talk about it which is a little strange when you know that a number of red states throughout the country are implementing voter suppression laws, which make it more difficult for people of color to vote. So you would think if you're a patriot, if you believe in democracy and our form of government, that you see something like that, you may just want to talk about it, explore it, and see where the problems are and what you might be able to do to fix it. But not the Republicans in the Senate. They said, nope, we don't see any problems here. Everything is cool. It's fine. Yeah, we're not even going to talk about it. Well, that's not surprising because the Republicans aren't big fans about people of color voting. You see, they see them as mostly Democrats. So being Democrats, they don't count. Even though these people are supposed to be serving everybody in this country, they don't like Democrats because they're afraid Democrats will beat them in the next election, and that's probably true. You see, the Republican Party has long been uh, under the power of the old white man, but that's going by the wayside. Their voters are starting to die off or slip away. So they're seeing this, and they're concerned, so they realize, you know, We may not be able to win elections, so what will we do? How about we cheat? And that's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to suppress voters in uh, a number of states. They don't want to pass the voter rights bill because they know that will shut down those uh, voter suppression laws. And then it'll be fair. I mean, we looked at uh, white men or white people in general in this country. 20 years ago, they held like almost 80% of the people in this country were white. Well, now it's 57%. The writing is on the wall. People of color are going to take their place in almost an equal basis, if not surpass us at some point, and that makes the Republicans nervous. So they, they want to cheat. 
and they won't vote on this voting rights bill. They don't want to change anything. I mean, if you look at it, the only conclusion you can come up with is that Republicans don't want people of color to vote. I mean, there's no way to really explain it other than that. Now, there are a number of things that can be done. Well, two things that can be done in this circumstance. The first one is get rid of the filibuster. Make it so Republicans don't have to vote for anything. We need a simple majority of 51 votes. And as long as all Democrats vote for it, the vice president will break the tie and it will pass. But we got to get rid of the filibuster. Well, now, of course, the Republicans don't want to get rid of the filibuster, which is fine. We could still deal with it at that level. But unfortunately, we have two Democrats, Kristen Sinema and Joe Manchin, who don't want to get rid of the filibuster. And to be perfectly honest with you, Joe Biden's a little iffy on it, too. So while the filibuster has outlived its value... I don't know that it ever had any value. It's always been a negative thing in this country. It's a safety net for whatever party is in the minority. And that's fine for the parties, but it doesn't do well for the people. Because when you have this safety net and you take away the simple majority and make it a, um, what what do they call it, a supermajority of 60 votes, then nothing gets done. That means nothing for you or I or anything in this country gets done. One party stymies the other, even though they might have a majority. In order to beat that supermajority, one party has to have 60 people in their respective seats as opposed to a 50-50 thing, and that doesn't happen too often. So if it doesn't happen too often, that tells you why so little gets done. But for whatever reason, we have a few people that love the filibuster, and the likelihood of getting rid of that is slim to none at this point. Unless public opinion gets so heavy that these people are embarrassed and they feel the pressure and they change their minds. But it's been pretty heavy up to this point, and it's pretty embarrassing for them, and we haven't seen any movement. So I have to assume that they are not, they are not, going to change their mind. So the filibuster isn't a good option as far as dealing with this voter suppression and the voting rights bill. The only real option here is that I know of, well, take the 2020 election. Donald Trump, the president, the incumbent, going up against Joe Biden. Now, everybody said, well, he's the incumbent. Donald Trump's going to win easily. Joe Biden's not a good candidate. Oh, he can't beat Donald Trump. But in the end, we know that Joe Biden received 81 million votes. That's more votes than any other presidential candidate has ever gotten in history. He beat Donald Trump by 7 million votes. Now, is this because Joe Biden is the greatest candidate to ever run for president? Oh, hell no. He wasn't my first choice. And he wasn't necessarily the top choice at this point. We're now finding out he was the best choice because of his experience and his ability to deal with leverage and all the ins and outs of the Senate. So he might have been the only one to be put in that position to do some good for the Democrats. But he wasn't the greatest candidate. He wasn't that hugely popular. 
That isn't why he got 81 million votes. The reason he got 81 million votes is because of Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump. You see, people had gone through the four years with Donald Trump. They saw the criminality, the corruption, and the damage to our democracy, and they were scared shitless. So a lot of people that never got up to vote, didn't get off the couch, didn't come out of their yard or from the barbecue and said, I don't have time for it, I'm not going to vote. They realized what the alternative was, and the turnout was massive. And the turnout was to make sure that Donald Trump didn't get back in office. They figured this would be the way we could save our country by getting Donald Trump the fuck out. We never imagined he'd ridiculously claim that it was uh, election fraud and he was still really the president. Fact of the matter is Joe Biden is in the Oval Office. He's making the decisions. He's doing all the things that are going on in this government. Donald Trump is sitting on his ass at Mar-a-Lago doing nothing but sending out stupid fucking press releases. But people were scared. That's how Joe Biden won. Fear. Fear of what might come about if Donald Trump got back into office. Now, midterm elections are known to get lesser turnout for both Republicans and Democrats. It's not as sexy uh, election as it is when it's for a president. So people are thinking it's going to be a lesser turnout. The Republicans are thinking... By history standards, you know, you get a Democratic president, the Republicans take over the House and the Senate, or vice versa. And over history's time, that's true. But again, we're looking at historical times. Nobody ever got 81 million votes like Joe Biden did, and why? Because of Donald Trump. Now we're coming up to a midterm election where people think nobody's going to vote based on what they've seen in history. But the fact of the matter is you can't consider history because we've never seen anything like this in our history. Our democracy hanging in the balance. 81 million people that voted for Joe Biden didn't want to see that happen. And I'm thinking come midterms, we can do the same thing. Now, these Republicans can try to make it hard for people of color to vote, but they can't stop them from voting. If people still have that fear in their minds and understand that our democracy is still at risk, maybe that fear will bring them out in mass. And maybe the Republicans will just blow it off, assuming they can win. Now, if the Democrats come out out of fear or anger or whatever it is, they can still beat whoever's running in 2022. And the key to this is to get a bigger margin in the Senate and in the House. One of the things I want to see is get enough people in the Senate, enough Democrats in the Senate to uh, negate Joe Manchin and uh, Kristen Sinema. These two have a lot of power right now, and they're relishing in that power. But what we need to do is take that power away from them. People are saying, how do we kick them out? How do we get rid of them? Well, the fact of the matter is uh, he's pretty safe in his elections in in West Virginia. He's going to be there for the long haul. Christian Cinema, different story. She's getting a lot of kickback from Arizona, and she'll be lucky if she wins another race. 
But she's not up for a little bit, maybe four years. Uh, Joe Manchin's up uh, in 2022, I believe. He's going to win. So the only way to negate these people is to get more Democrats in the Senate. Instead of 50 Democrats, maybe 54, 55, even 53. If we had 53, it would take the power away from Manchin and Cinema. We only need the 50-50 split. And if Manchin and Cinema want to vote against the Democrats, with 53, we would still have a 50-50 split. So that's the way we change things. That's the way we take people out of power. See, the problem is there's enough Republicans in it currently in the Senate and in the House to still muck things up, slow things down, make it difficult to pass bills. You need a bigger majority, certainly in the Senate, and we could use a bigger majority in the House as well. Because we've got some of these Democrats that kind of go rogue and say, I got some power now. I'm not voting for it until we get this. We need a wider majority in the House, too. So if somebody says that, they can say, yeah, go fuck yourself. We're still passing it. So the real answer to the future of this country, the future of democracy, is about turnout in 2022. Let's hope the Republicans think they got this locked and they don't show up. But if every Democrat that showed up in 2020 shows up in 2022, you're going to see some massive changes. Everybody's upset about all the uh, concessions being given on the big reconciliation bill going from 3.5 down to 1.9. People are upset about that. But what you have to understand is if those bills pass, that's going to give a lot of positive vibes to the Democrats. That and a big turnout is going to make it much easier for them in 2022. So those bills, whatever it takes to get it passed to get that goodwill to start helping people, is going to help 2022. Voter turnout is going to help 2022. And all the voter suppression and all the pushback of voter rights bills is not going to mean a fucking thing because they're going to get this thing shoved down their throat. And then when the Democrats have power from 2022 to 2024, they start passing a lot of shit. That is the way to do it. You can't look at immediate gratification. You can't. You got to look at the long con, as it were. And it's not a con. I understand that. But you know what I mean. You got to look at the long haul. You got to think ahead a couple of moves in order to get what you want. If you can't get everything you want right now, beat their ass and then take what you want easily after the fact. And that's what's going to have to be done. That's going to be the way it has to get done. It's very appalling to see what's going on in government right now. We've got people not showing up to subpoenas like uh, Steve Bannon, Tomorrow, they are going to vote whether or not to refer him to the DOJ to uh, hopefully indict him for criminal contempt. It will go to the U.S. attorney. He will decide. And let's be perfectly honest with you, it's not a done deal when it goes to Merrick Garland and the U.S. attorney. They seem to be a little nervous about, well, we don't want it to make it look too political. Fuck you. 
They broke laws. You enforce the law. So fucking do your job. Don't look at what might look bad. Do what's right. Forget about what looks bad. That's not your job. You're not a PR man. You're the fucking attorney general of this country. You're the U.S. attorney in this country. The DOJ is supposed to be the ultimate of law enforcement. So let's start enforcing some laws. I don't even want to hear, wow, that could look bad. Fuck you. Just do it. Get it done. Do what you're supposed to do. You're the people that keep telling us no one's above the law. Well, show us for once. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating to watch what is going on in government. Everything seems to take too long. Everybody's looking to delay Donald Trump. He's suing the National Archives to not give all the documents from January 6th. You know, he tried to assert executive privilege when it came to those documents that were demanded by the House Select Committee from those four people that were subpoenaed. And he tried to assert executive privilege, but it was soon found out that the only person that could assert executive privilege is Joe Biden. Now, Donald Trump, as a former president, can ask Joe Biden, but Joe Biden clearly said, nope, we're letting it go. So now that doesn't work, so now he's going to try to sue the National Archives. He has no case. He's just trying to slow things down, trying to muck things up, try to run out the clock. And when I say run out the clock, here's the problem. And here's where your fears got to come into play. Come 2022, if the Republicans take over the House, take over the Senate, shit like this stuff ends, it goes back, it's hidden forever. You never get to see what laws are broken or what damage has been done to this democracy. If that doesn't scare you enough to get out and fucking vote, I don't know what will. So you've got to consider all these things. You've got to look at what's going on. We can look to the Republicans. We can look to the House Select Committee. We can look to the Attorney General. But when it comes down to it, the one sure thing to get this rectified, get it done, and get people to be accountable is on you. It's on me. It's about getting out to vote in mass. Don't be fucking lazy. Don't sit back and say, ah, I don't need to vote. Everybody votes. And if everybody votes, we win. Because there's more Democrats than there are Republicans. Even if they try to make it difficult for you, that one day commit yourself to making that vote in any legal way you can. Because if you do that, those Republicans can't beat us. Your fear about democracy or anything else that is happening will go away because you will be empowered to take control over this country. We can bitch about the filibuster. We can bitch about uh, hearings. We can bitch about the attorney general and the DOJ. But when it comes down to it, the real best fix is us. Midterms have light turnout. We can't afford that. This country cannot afford that. So we got to push it. We've got to work hard. And we've got to get out there and vote just like we did in 2020. We took down Donald Trump. Now we have to take down the rest of the Republican Party.
because they're still making it difficult. They're still damaging our democracy. We're still in the middle of a constitutional crisis, and it will get worse if we allow them to do it. So instead of trying to put it off on everybody else, let's put it on us. All you have to do, get up and vote at the midterms and get everybody to vote. And do it out of fear, do it out of patriotism, do it out of whatever you want to fucking call it. But do it. That's going to be the one fix here. And this is the way it should be. The people of this country should have control. And we do in this situation. So let's take that control, let's embrace that control, and let's use it to the maximum ability we can use it. And then we can determine the destiny of this country, the future of this country, what we're going to leave for our kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids. Because at this point, this country is fucked and so is our government. And our government isn't doing all the things they need to do to help fix things that's better for the American people. So if they won't do it, we need to do it. And the important thing to understand is we can do it. But you, everybody, has to get off their butts and vote. And we can change this shit. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. So for the last few days, I've been dealing with some trump some idiots. I don't generally talk to these people because there's really no point. You can't argue with them. They don't listen to facts. They don't know much. They just spew whatever they fucking heard on Fox News or OAN. And they don't give up. So you can't teach them anything. You can't debate with them because they don't know fuck all about fuck all. But the last few days, I've had a couple of experiences where we've had some (laughs) Trumplican drama. Drama in one sense, eh, maybe a little drama in the other one too. Now, sometime back, I told you about a story during last Christmas where my wife and I brought some Christmas presents over to my sister's house, and um, she's married to a guy I've known a long time, but he's a dumb fucking trump fuck And uh, he usually keeps his mouth shut around me, and I don't bring it up either, you know, because we're relatives, we've got to see each other, and uh, it's there's no point in arguing it. <laughs> but after... Uh, But the last four years during Donald Trump was president, I spoke out a lot on Facebook because I wasn't on TikTok at that point. I spoke out a lot and I've been pretty blunt, much like you hear me here on the podcast or on TikTok. I did that for four years. I did videos. I wrote stuff and I even made reference to evangelicals. I don't like evangelicals. They're fucking hypocrites. If you're evangelical, I'm sorry, but that doesn't change my mind. They only care about one thing. The people they support can do whatever they want against God, against the Bible, as long as they find a way to overturn Roe v. Wade. They're a one-topic group, a one-trick pony. And they aren't very, they aren't decent people. They don't live by the rule of God. They just go after what they want. They're about power. They're about shaming people that don't think as enlightened as they do. And they fucking annoy me. And in some of the things I wrote and some of the things I said on Facebook, I've mentioned the evangelicals. In fact, I said they were the enemy of this country. I stand by that. I'm not going to back down from that. And so 
when I went over to their house, it was COVID, and my wife and I were just going to drop off some president, presents. Uh, my wife made some, it's, it's homemade stuff, but it was very nice. And we were dropping it off to my sister's house. So we go there, and no big deal. And uh, then my brother-in-law comes in, no big deal. Uh, like I say, I've known him since he was a teenager. Didn't like him then, don't like him now. But anyway, we're talking, and then he brings up, well, the governor of our state is uh, a tyrant, shutting down all these companies. That's ridiculous. Didn't affect him. He's a truck driver. But he still wanted to argue about it. Now, you would think, okay, Mike, you're going to get in a debate and stir this up and uh, be part of the problem. And I really wasn't. My wife even stuck up for me, and that's saying something. But I looked at him, and listening to him talk about this tyrant of a governor and how they had to shut things down, all I said was, you know, had this been properly handled from the top, we wouldn't even be in this mess right now. (laughs) That's all it took, man. That's all it took. He exploded on me. He said, uh, I've been watching what you've been saying about Trump and <laughs> and my people, the evangelicals. <laughs> and I'm tired of listening to it. And he's just ranting and raving. For a moment, he steps out of the, the room and he comes back with a Trump 2020 hat. He looks at me all mean mugging me and shit. And he's looking at me in my face. And when dealing with somebody like this, because I've dealt with them before, I know don't get caught up in the yelling and screaming. Just lay back. Don't step back, but just be calm because they fucking hate that. And he did. So I sa- he said, well, you said the evangelicals were the enemy of this country. I said, I stand by that. He said, well, my people are evangelicals. And I said, well, pal, I know your family and you got some real fucking sinners in that family. So if you are evangelicals, it just supports my point. <laughs> and of course, that made him matter. So now he's getting frustrated because I'm making some points and I'm not engaging in yelling and screaming like he is. So what you do, he grabs those, <laughs> he grabs those uh, presents that my wife so diligently made for them and grabs them up and throws them in the front yard. Well, needless to say, that didn't go well. That wasn't a good day. So I just kind of smirked. I said, uh, honey, <laughs> I think we've done all we can here. Let's go. And we did. And after that, uh, we didn't hear a thing. My sister and my niece were there, witnessed the whole thing. But we left, and you'd think there'd be some contact uh, from my sister saying, geez, I'm sorry, he just exploded. That's just how he is and whatever. She didn't do that. Didn't hear from her at all till June when my niece was graduating from high school, and then she wanted to know if we're coming to the party. I said, no, we're not coming to the party. I don't want... Your husband, who clearly can't handle his emotions, I don't want to be the cause of ruining my niece's graduation party. And secondly, I have really no interest in seeing you. Your husband did what he did. You didn't respond. You obviously support what he did. And if you support what he did and the way he acts, then I have no interest in seeing you at all. So no, I'm not coming. I will mail my niece a check and that'll be it. Well, she was upset about that. My my brother and uh, my sister-in-law all felt guilty and they said, ah, we should show up. Well, they show up and they don't even fucking talk to them. 
So a reason I tell you that, and I've told you this story before, because now this weekend, my sister jumps on. <laughs> well, there's there's actually two text threads. There's one where all of us are on it. And there was an argument, a Trumplican argument. I wasn't involved, but other people were involved. Everybody in my family is against Trump except my sister and her family. And it got real ugly, <laughs> as texts tend to do. And uh, my 18-year-old niece said to her brother, Hey, bro, how do I get off this thing? I don't have to listen to this bullshit. So the niece that's a non-Trumplican set up another text where everybody's on it except that family. And that's where most of the activity went after that because everybody was put off by them. Everybody just doesn't want to deal with them. Well, now my my sister sends this thing out and says, uh, so what's up with Thanksgiving? <laughs> and nobody answers. Nobody has the courage to answer. And... Uh, and then she basically says, well, I got my answer, you know, and then starts talking about family and all this stuff, in spite of the fact that they were horrible to me and others um, with regards to this Trump thing. And she starts making this noise and playing the victim. And, of course, my, my, my sister-in-law has to wade in and say, well, you know, it's really all about COVID. You guys aren't vaccinated, and we don't want to expose the smaller children to people that are unvaccinated. And then, of course, my sister comes out and says, well, I saw on Facebook that you were out on about all over. So it got to be a little bit of a mess. Now, the one thing about my sister, she won't screw with me or my brother. I don't know why, but she won't. So my brother steps in and says whatever he says, and after that, it's pretty much done. But then my son comes to me and says, you know, your uh, your brother or you should step in and say something. I said, dude, I'm not saying anything. If I say anything, it's just going to make it worse. And I really have no interest in interacting with these people at all. They can show up at an event. They just better stay the fuck away from me. Because the second time this happens, it's not going to be as easy for them. I'm only going to be able to control myself so far. And these people are stupid. And I will exploit their ignorance as much as I can and embarrass them. So I'm better to just stay away from it. <laughs> so that's kind of where it stood. And I'm not sure what's going to happen. The, the thing about it is, is this is why I know I'm not a really good person. Because a really good person is like my brother or sister-in-law or my wife. They will try to calm things down, try to work it out. Me? No. Once you've done something to hurt my family, hurt my country, hurt me, I'm fucking done with you. I can't trust you. I don't want to be involved in it. I'm not going to waste my time hating you, but I'm going to disregard you. I'm going to X you out of my life. That seems like an extreme thing to do, but frankly, what went on with with Trump and them supporting it to this day and what happened to me on that day when I'm just trying to be a nice guy and give them presents. Funny, I didn't pick up any presents. We were just dropping off presents to them, expecting nothing in return, just trying to be nice. And I have to go through that. Well, big surprise, I don't want to do it again. And clearly this guy has trouble with his emotions and being able to control them. 
So at this point, since I don't believe there's really any way to fight these people or argue with these people, why engage with them at all? But the real kicker here is, over and above my dislike for how they are and how they treat people, is that they are anti-vaxxers. Now, even if I love these people, the fact that they are anti-vaxxers, I want them nowhere near my grandchildren. They are not vaccinated. They are vulnerable to people who know better and could do better, but refuse to do better. So I'm not going to have them around my grandchildren. I'm not going to have them around me because if by somehow I get a breakthrough case, now I'm at risk of giving it to my grandkids or I'm limited how long I can see my grandkids. I love my grandkids. I can't wait to see them. I don't give a fuck about these Trumplicans. So the obvious choice is stay away from them. Don't engage with them because you can't win. They aren't smart enough to comprehend what is really going on. So that's my stand. I don't talk to them. I don't engage with them. I don't have any hate or vengeance for them. But as long as we're separate and I don't have to deal with them, that's good. So we had that whole mess going on. And when you get down to Vegas, there's a lot of weird people down there, as you might imagine. There's a lot of Trump LaFucks down there as well. And I got in a little conversation with somebody who wasn't really a Trump LaFuck. I call them Trump LaFuck hybrids. There is a third group of people out there that you will have to deal with from time to time, and maybe you have. You've got the normal people, the intelligent people, people like you and me that understand what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's a lie, what's justice and what is not justice. Then you've got the Trumplicans on the other side that are complete criminals, corrupt, trying to undermine our democracy. That's a clear split between those two people. But there's one more group in between those two groups. And that's what I call the Trumplifuck hybrids. Because you see, they're not as far off the mark as Trump LaFucks, but they're just maybe a couple pieces to the left. And here's what I mean. You sit and talk to them about Donald Trump, and they will say, oh yeah, he's crazy. I can't believe the stupid stuff he says. And then, of course, there'll be pro-vax and pro mask, not because they don't think it's oppressive that the government is trying to control them. That's not the reason. The reason is because they're older. They have uh, an immune uh, immunity compromise. So they know if they don't take this stuff, they're going to get real sick and maybe die. So their fear as far as as far above their patriotism, and they do it out of fear. I mean, let's be honest. All Trumplicans, all Trumplifucks, their whole lives are based around fear. Oh, the brown people are coming. Oh, they're going to try to screw us in election. Oh, we're maybe going to get microchips put in our arms. Everything about them is fear. And that is the basis for anybody to bring in authoritarianism. Scare everybody and then show them how you are going to save them. That's Donald Trump in a nutshell. That's the Republican Party in a nutshell. So 
I engage in conversation here because they're not full-blown Trumplefucks. They seem like they might have some reason going on in their head. But as we're talking, they will come up with something like, you know, the real problem in this country is all the brown aliens coming across the border and nobody vaccinating them and sending them out throughout the country. Now, that's not what's happening. But that is a quote direct from Fox News or AON or Newsmax or any of those piece of shit alleged news sources. So while they're speaking against Donald Trump, they're still caught up in the ideology. They're still caught up in the rhetoric. And even if that rhetoric is a lie, they don't care. They're going to spew it out on their own. They're going to buy in on the lie. There's another tell with these people, too, and I always get it. And every time I hear it, I'm frustrated. Every time you talk about social programs or money for the people in this country, they'll say something like, yeah, and you know who pays for it? Me. Like, you're the only motherfucker that pays taxes. Like, you make a small salary, so you barely pay any taxes anyway. But that's your quote. I'm paying for all these poor people to get by and live an easy life. I mean, Jesus Christ, I heard this uh, 50 years ago from my racist father. It's so cliche now, it's ridiculous. But they don't get that. They don't understand that. I try to explain to them, look, your way is to give money to rich people who don't pay taxes. Please explain to me how that's good for this country. What you should do is put the money back into the place where the people are Paying taxes. Those are the people that deserve the attention. Those are the people that deserve the services. But they don't get that. They're all caught up in ideology and the bullshit and the rhetoric and the lies. You can't change their mind because they're not able to do it. So I go on with these people. And they'll, they'll say something like... Uh, well, you know, Reagan was the greatest president in the United States history. And I said, look, man, that is absolute bullshit. Let me make this caveat. In 1980, I was 20 years old. I voted for Ronald Reagan. The whole Jimmy Carter years was trouble in the economy. And uh, at 20, I didn't know fuck all about fuck all. So I said, yeah, I'll vote for uh, Vote for Ronald Reagan. But the fact of the matter is, Ronald Reagan wasn't that great a guy. I mean, he's the one that invented trickle-down theory. Give all the money to the rich, and the money will trickle down to the middle class, and everybody will be happy. Well, it's 42, 41 years later, and you know what? Never worked. So I'm sitting with these people, and I said, you like Ronald Reagan, huh? Yeah, he was the greatest president ever. I go, what about the trickle-down theory? And they look at me wide-eyed. First, I'm not sure if they understand what I'm saying or if they just don't know how to answer it. And I say, look, Ronald Reagan presented the trickle-down theory. It hasn't worked for 40 years. And that was Ronald Reagan. And they'll come back to me and say, well, yeah, well, eventually it was found out that it didn't work. So that was a bad idea. <laughs> and I said, look, we, the people, knew within the first couple of weeks that this wasn't going to work out properly. 
because what we were told was going to happen didn't happen. And let me let, let you in on a little secret. The people who implemented the trickle-down theory, they knew exactly what was going to fucking happen. They were going to put money in their pockets. There was no surprise to them. They found a way to print money, and that's what they did. And that's on Ronald Reagan's back. I said, what about Iran-Contra, you know? CIA, drugs, guns, money. They were all involved in that. And uh, that was a Donald Trump, or not a Donald Trump operation, a Ronald Reagan operation. Yeah, it was bad. But, you know, Ronald Reagan didn't get arrested for it or indicted. I go, no, he didn't. But he was president of the United States. Clearly, we know now, for whatever reason, we can't indict a sitting president. You can bet that when he left office, there was talk about it. But even still, they were too afraid to do it. They wouldn't do anything about it. Well, now they're confused and upset. They haven't been able to fight back on anything I've asked them. So they go to their whole card, they say. Well, Ronald Reagan had a great economy. He brought us back from what that ignorant libtard Jimmy Carter did to us. We had all kinds of problems. And then Ronald Reagan made the economy better. Well, he did. Well, let's just say the economy got better under Ronald Reagan. Interest rates were still fucking crazy high, if you remember. And the fact of the matter is the rich were the only ones getting the money. The poor wasn't doing that great. Yeah, maybe the stock market looked good, but people on Main Street weren't feeling the benefit of this great economy. But I said, since we're talking about an economy and how much you enjoy the economy, would you say that's a big factor in how good a president is? And they say, yeah, that's a big factor. He's got to improve the economy. I said, well, what about Bill Clinton? He had a better economy than uh, Ronald Reagan. And he was one of the only presidents to ever balance the budget. How'd you like Bill Clinton? Oh, I hate Bill Clinton. The Clintons are fucking criminals. Killery. And they kill people. You know, and all that conspiracy bullshit. I said, so the economy isn't the main factor on who you like. Well, yeah, but... No, no, yeah, but Bill Clinton did a better job with the economy than Ronald Reagan. But you don't like him. But your only, your only benefit you're telling me from Ronald Reagan was the economy. You can't have it both fucking ways, dude. Look, the Republicans for 40, 60 years have always benefited the rich. The Democrats have tried to help the working people, the union people. Most of the people I talk to that love the Republicans are the ones they hate the most. Poor redneck fucking white trash motherfuckers that don't have two nickels to rub together. But what they do like about the Republicans is they talk tough. We're not going to take this anymore. We're going to stop the brown people from coming in the country. We're going to break everything apart. We're going to cut taxes. And the unfortunate thing is, they believe it. They believe it, and you can't get them to not believe it. It's a problem. So when I talk to these trump fuck hybrids, it's really confusing at first. First, you think you, they get it. 
I just wonder if they're saying what they say about Donald Trump to take the edge off and not and not be attacked or or look stupid because they can't explain the things that Donald Trump does. But they sure can spout the ideology that Fox and OAN and Newsmax and Donald Trump and Mitch McConnell and all the Republican Party are constantly saying. You can try to couch this if you want. But the fact of the matter is, it's what you really believe and what you really feel and what you really do. Now, whether you tell me you like Donald Trump or not, that doesn't save you. If you're still working against our democracy and working against this country, like my relatives, like the other people I've talked about, you're my fucking enemy because you're hurting this country. You're not hurting me as much as you are my kids and my grandkids. And as I've said before, that's a bridge too far. There's no coming back from it. There is no no forgiveness and no forgetting it. This is too big. This is too important. And this is too damaging. We got a lot of fucked up people in this country, people that believe shit that's not true, that try to push things that are against our democracy, undermine our government, and we've got to cut them down. We've got to eradicate them or limit them in some way. And that takes us back to what I said in the first half. It's all within our power. It's all within our reach to fix things. And the best possible way to fix things is to get out and vote in mass and clear these sons of bitches out. Take away any power that Manchin or Cinema has. Take away any power that Mitch McConnell or any fucking Republican has. Expose Donald Trump for who he is and take away his power. Until we do that, we can't really get anything done for this country in any serious amount. Because there will always be somebody trying to obstruct or block or lie, or cheat, or steal. It's almost comforting to know that we do have the ability to change this. It's just a matter if we take the action necessary. That's by going in a midterm when voting levels is usually light and make it heavy for the Democrats because they will get run over like a steamroller if we do that. So you can cry and whine about all the bad things going on in this country, the stupid fucking people that we have to deal with, but the power is within you, within me. And we've got to take it seriously, understand our job and how important it is, and get it done. All right, I'm going to wrap it up here. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have questions, comments, complaints, go to rationalboomer at gmail.com or... You can go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer Podcast, and leave a voicemail message. Always want to hear from you. All right. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.